Hello and welcome to Move the Line presented by WinBet. Download the WinBet app today and use promo code 444 and receive a risk-free $1,000 bet over at Win. Cannot beat that. We love free money. We want to take advantage of all the things the books have out there. Joining me as always is my partner in crime here at 444. It's Connor Allen. What's going on, buddy? Friday. We've been uh, waiting for this all week. Yeah, man, this is this is a great day, a uh, good day to discuss props. Uh, books are starting to drop props a little bit earlier, so we're kind of trying to mix in, uh, which is like great, and you know it has some downfalls because it seems like DraftKings is dominating the market right now, uh, and SB Tech just in general, and like FanDuel and stuff that were normally like at least competitive or have just decided like we're not even going to compete for like a day or so in terms of dropping props. So it's kind of good to have props early, but it's almost like they have a monopoly. So. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I think it's it's interesting. It's exciting, and I think we're we're working through it here. But I, I mean, we we have a ton of props we're going to get to today that I'm, I'm excited to break down. Yeah, we're always trying to adjust. Again, the plan is to make sure that we are focusing on things tonight that are actionable currently at books that you can still hammer down as well. So joining us every week in this spot is our friend Prop Stars. It is Alex. What's going on, buddy? What's up, gentlemen? It's week two. I'm super excited. I look forward to being here all week with you guys, chopping it up about props. It's my favorite thing to discuss. So, yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Yeah, I think we had a profitable uh, week one. So, um, feel like Connor and I, at least I don't speak out of turn, but I feel like it's the case. Like, we have our bearings a little bit more this week. We are home. We're not in Vegas. We're not scrambling after, you know, playing uh, a very warm round of golf last week. I kind of feel a little bit more plugged into the process. So, God, yeah, that was a <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't need to relive that again. Like that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but, we've, but we're plugged in and ready to go. I, I felt like last week's show, all things considered, went pretty well. So we're mm-hmm. we're excited. Um, you're watching now. We're listening now to our prop show. We also have a Wednesday night game by game breakdown. Those are both available on YouTube and in podcast form as well. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, reviews are going to enter you into a uh, drawing that's going to. Um, get you a chance to win a free four for four betting sub. It's a $179 value. You can get that for free by just giving us 60 seconds of your time um, and giving us a little bit of review. Really appreciate that. Um, also, if you don't want to take the time to, to get uh, leave a review, you can just go over to 444.com slash plans and scoop up that betting sub. Take advantage of uh, all the projections that we have, all the re- really great tools. The betting sub gives you access to everything on the site. So, um, we're excited about it. Let's get it started, Connor. We'll just start firing off. Uh, we're going to go through. Three of us will take turns giving you um, bets that we love, and then we will uh, jump back in. I think, Connor, you got a little feedback on your mic. Um, and we'll jump back in, and then we'll take some listener questions that we have. You, you jump into the chat now if you're watching live. We absolutely love that. We've already got some from Twitter earlier. And then we will take a look at the prop betting tool that we have on the site, and we will kind of talk about what uh, Sal – loves behind the scenes so connor kick us off i'll give us your first bet yeah so my first bet is uh david johnson under 13 and a half rushing yards you can find that at DraftKings. i saw it actually open at 114 and a half or 14 and a half but i wasn't able to you know get onto it quick enough and obviously with the show airing now i think that this is still more than playable so last week the texans i mean they boat raced the jaguars ran the ball 41 times of the 41 carries david johnson had just three of them which is 7%. Uh, Mark Ingram at 26. Philip Lindsay at 8. And Tyrod Taylor had 4. Uh, I mean, it seems like at this point, David Johnson is very clearly the third running back in terms of pecking order for uh, early down carries and just carries in general. So now you have them playing the Cleveland Browns as 13-point underdogs. Um, 
mean, this puts a massive wrench in them trying to run the ball 40 times again. And I think puts them into a negative game script, most likely uh, as two touchdown underdogs. So you're looking at a team that probably isn't going to be, you know, running the ball very much. Our projections actually have him for half a carry. Uh, I mean, I think that he probably ends with one or two, but still at, at 13 and a half yards, I mean, he's, he's got to rip off like a 10 plus yard run for that to happen. So I know that the line is tiny, um, but really the outs here, like I think there's a legitimate chance also that he doesn't even see a carry uh, if they go down early. So I'm on the under there and I think that it's a solid play. Yeah, it's a solid play. Uh, some of those backfield carries uh, in Houston are, or, or some of the numbers this week are so skewed because I think the usage last week was kind of wild. So um, I like that one to start. I'm going to start with a uh, Justin Jefferson prop. I like Jefferson um, over 71 and a half receiving yards. I think I saw in some spots it's maybe moved to 73. I'm still okay with that. Um, I think he actually has a chance to lead um, the league in receiving yards this week. I think um, FanDuel actually has a little sprinkle out there that you could take advantage of. Um, that's like to lead the league in receiving yards for the week at 24 to one. Um, this is a little bit of a, um, a Kirk Cousins play. Um, I, I think that there are so few edges nowadays. Like I feel like the content is so much better than it used to be. I feel like there are um, just in general, there are so few things that are really not tackled in, you know, coverage, whether it's, you know, articles or analysis. I just feel like in general, the average player is sharper nowadays. And I think there's one thing that doesn't really get tackled so much, and that is looking at scheme fits uh, and players versus scheme fits. And when you look over the last three years, only the Saints have played man coverage at a higher rate than the Arizona Cardinals have. During that same time frame, uh, Kirk Cousins has dominated against man coverage in uh, sports info solutions, points above average per play metric, points earned per play. He is by far the top quarterback in the league against man coverage. Um, also, if you look at PFF's grades last year, Jefferson was second in the league in man coverage um, in PFF's grade last year. It's a little bit of double counting. Obviously, he's going to do well because Cousins is doing well, but we know the secondary for Arizona is something that part of why we were attacking Julio Jones and like stacking the Titans last week in DFS. Like the secondary is weak. They have to get pressure with their front seven. They probably will. Uh, this is a game where the Cardinals are going to push the pace. I think the Vikings are going to have to keep up and 71 and a half, 73 and a half, anywhere in that range. I'm very comfortable on Jefferson over. So love that on DK. Took it about an hour or two ago at minus 115. Uh, Alex. What do you got for us, buddy? So, yeah, my first prop is uh, sticking in that Houston backfield. I've got Mark Ingram over nine and a half rushing attempts. It's currently minus 130 at MGM. Connor mentioned the Texans ran the ball 41 times in week one. Ingram ended up with 26 carries. Um, yeah, I agree there's going to be some negative game script issues here, but the Texans only have five wide receivers on their entire roster. They just lack the personnel, in my opinion, to run a high-volume passing offense. I think they're going to run the ball a lot, even in negative game scripts. Their offensive philosophy seems to be just a grind clock and play in slower place games. I think the Texans are just trying to run the clock out on the season, honestly, and start the <laughs> rebuild. Um, I went back and watched this game, um, and Ingram ended up with, I think, 86 yards and a 3.3 yards per carry, but he actually looked like he still had some juice left. A lot of his carries came against stacked boxes that were on obvious running uh, situations. When I digged a little deeper on it, I saw that Texans head coach David Culley was the assistant head coach in Baltimore for two years. He was a big reason why Ingram signed in the offseason. In addition to having, you know, some opportunity, they have a special relationship. I read a quote where Culley referred to Ingram as an extension of himself. 
Um, bottom line, I just think Ingram looked good and he's going <laughs> to handle 10 carries on Sunday, even if they're playing from behind. Yeah, I like that too. That one's popping in our in our our model, but it was one of those things where it's like, do, do I want to? But there, it's like it's jumping as like a big bright red value. So I totally get it. it it's uh, and some of that coach speak with a guy like Cully, it feels like something I would buy into as well. So um, kind of in a hold it period for me, but I totally get it. It's uh, it's something that our projections like quite as well. As is Connor's next bet, and I left it for you. I got to the sheet early, but again, I know that you were on this. This kind of is is slipped into a bit of a brand guy for you. Um, but I piggyback this one right away. Absolutely love this. And obviously we had some breaking news today that made this even more actionable. What do you got, buddy? Yeah, no, for real. I mean, Jalen Waddle now has become literally like part of my brand after the whole uh, main event <laughs> debacle where we drafted him in the eighth round, like well above ADP. And uh, Drafted him over Raheem Mostert. It was Raheem about Mostert. It, it was a Mostert or Waddle discussion. And, I mean, um, results over process. What do you got to say? I, I think mean, it played itself out. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I mean, at, at this point, uh, I, I mean, now full Will Fuller's out. That's the news you alluded to. Uh, I mean, last week, uh, we talked with, you know, Brett Coleman in Vegas about Waddle basically being the focal point of the offense. And I don't think it could have been more true. Like he literally was in motion every play. Um, they're looking for him, on, you know, so many different times. He actually had a 22% target share last week. Um, and that was, and his stats weren't that like Gaudi because, you know, he, they only threw the ball like 27, 28 times. So, like, of course, you know, he's even like a 22% target share, which is great over the course of the season, it's probably not going to be too good in just one single game. Still ended up with 60 yards and a touchdown. Um, and so in this spot here against the Bills, where I think they're going to have to throw a lot more, uh, we have 5.4 receptions and 60 yards projected again. Uh, so I took the over um, uh, on his on his props here. I took over three and a half receptions, which is now up to minus 145. And we also took it at 40 originally uh, over a four for four, but I think it's now hovering around the 45 to 46 range in most spots. Uh, I'm still on the over there. I think that, you know, he is the number one option and will be schemed open in addition to just being a good player and getting open himself. So that combination is something that I really like. And at three and a half receptions, I think it's a bit too low. Yeah, absolutely love that one. Uh, my next one is Chris Carson. I'm taking over on Carson at 16 and a half receiving yards. Um, this is out there in multiple spots. The minus 115 I got earlier today is at DraftKings. I believe that's still sitting out there. There's really no one left. I mean, again, we have another Rashad Penny injury. Um, last week, DJ Dallas sprinkled in for an entire snap. Um, and Carson ran 19 routes last week. Ran a route on 64% of the dropbacks. Uh, combined, Penny and Dallas ran five. So even if it's you know Dallas slides into more of a clear third down role, just doesn't seem like they really want Penny to leave the field. Um, again, it's 16 and a half. He doesn't have to do that on volume. Again, with running a route on 60 plus percent of the snaps, you know, he can get there in one or two catches. I feel pretty confident about this against a really bad Tennessee defense that I don't expect to be good all season. Like, I don't think that that was fluky last week. I think that was going to be a problem. We saw Chase Edmonds really kind of dominate uh, in the air against them last week, too. So, Again, I feel like that's a pretty easy one and a game that I think is going to be probably up in pace with a lot of points as well. So give me Carson over 16 and a half receiving yards. Uh, Alex, what is next with you, buddy? Yeah, so I, I like that prop, Ryan. I want to also point out that I am on Waddle's uh, yards and reception as well. I love both those props. Love it. Um, Let's ride. I am a little nervous, though. One of my favorite futures was um, Fuller under uh, 875 yards. So I'm worried oh. not getting on the field. So. Yeah, he might not play. 
Yeah, I'm a little nervous. And yeah, initially I was like, oh, sweet, we got two games. But after hearing like Flores say that, like, he doesn't even know if he's going to return, I'm sweating out a little bit. But yeah, so yeah. my next one, sticking with electric rookie wide receivers, is Devontae Smith, over three and a half catches. Um, I was super impressed week one, uh, seeing the reigning Heisman winner. Um, I, I feel like the Eagles, um, you know, traded up for him. I saw why he had. I think eight targets, he turned into six catches for 71 yards and a touchdown. It was a game the Eagles were up the whole game. He operated as the clear number one receiver in Philly. He displayed great chemistry with his former college teammate, Jalen Hurts. I expect the volume to be there again against the 49ers pass defense. That will be without Jason Verrett, who suffered an ACL tear in week one. I could also see some game script working in our favor um, with the Eagles being three and a half point dogs to the 49ers. I could see them having to throw the ball a lot more to keep up. So, yeah, I like Devontae Smith over three and a half catches and i think i missed the price it is a currently at minus 145 so a little bit juicy but yeah i like his to go over this total uh, that's a great bet i mean we have him i think we have him projected for actually 4.8 receptions uh for 60 something yards so i mean i think yeah that, that's spot on man yeah it's juicy but it's not too juicy to hit mm-hmm. you know it's such a it's a good number i like that game total to go over um yeah, I think the Jason Verrett injury is massive, and the Eagles' offensive line is healthy if they're able to protect Hurts, who they did a good job scheming him, like low a dot, high expected completion throws, which is very different than what they did last year where they basically just let him throw g- deep down the field or tuck and run, and like he was like by far the worst in the league at completion percentage over expectation because he was just degaffing at 30 yards down the field. Or running, so yeah, I like seeing them do those things with uh, with Jalen Rager and, and uh, Devonta Smith. Like it a lot, um, Connor. Your next bets. This is another one. Like you were on this early, and these are way. These are off. These are I don't understand. Um, I think you're you're going to go one way, but I think the yards are another way too. What's your next bet? Yeah, so uh, I took Jonathan Taylor over two and a half receptions. You're able to still find this at plus money at, at William Hill and some other shops. I think even. Even DK, uh, you're able to find this still at, at plus money. So Taylor last last week saw eight targets um, from Wentz, while Hines saw nine. But, uh, I mean, Taylor only ran four fewer routes, and he turned that into 60 receiving yards. And they played most of the game from behind. Uh, but Wentz still only threw the ball 38 times. So all things considered, I think that, you know, that's you know not too extreme uh, considering they were literally playing from behind the entire game. Uh, so, I, you know, Taylor's target share is something that I think that could be consistent from week to week. Uh, they have essentially no threats to go deep uh, outside of uh, Michael Pittman, who's really doesn't necessarily profile as a deep threat. Um, and the, this offense is the way it's functioning. Like right now, it's, we're going to see a ton of dump, ton of dump offs to the running backs. And Wentz was constantly under pressure. And now they're going to be squared off against the Rams. A lot of their offensive line is banged up. They're four point underdogs. Um, and I think Taylor's also, you know, explosive enough that you can also get on his receiving yards. Uh, at like I think it opened at 12 and a half. We hit that. But now it's a 16 and a half. I'm still interested in putting like a half unit on that probably if you're late to the game. But two and a half receptions, I think, for me is is easy money. As I also – I guess that I also expect the Rams to be, um, you know, to win this game and to probably cover and kind of at least keep it a neutral game script enough to the point where the Colts are, uh, Colts are throwing. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the over there, two and a half receptions at plus 115. Yeah, I love it. I love the receiving yards over. I think it is still way too low being in the teens – uh, yeah, if he's going to run even somewhere in the vicinity of the same amount of routes that Naheem Hines is, um, that's just a, a massive, massive number. And again, you like you said, you can't, you're not going to run into the teeth of that Rams defense. So absolutely love it. 
Um, next for me is um, kind of building on what I was talking about with Alex's bets. I'm taking over on Miles Sanders at 18 and a half receiving yards. Um, he's topped this number in every Jalen Hurts start, um, and pretty comfortably too. He's actually been pretty good uh, on the ground as well. Um, Kenny Gainwell mixed in on passing downs a bit last week and, and did well. But again, 18 and a half is not a big ask here. Again, in a situation where if they're trying to get the ball out of Hertz's hand quickly and avoid that pass rush from the Niners, um, I think getting the ball out quickly to the running backs makes a ton of sense. So I imagine both are uh, in play. But again, we're going to see more snaps in a significant way for Sanders than we are for Gainwell. So um, I like that quite a bit. I think we'll see some screens there. 18 and a half is very attainable and flat juice. It's uh, minus 114 on FanDuel. So um, absolutely love that and kind of building on some of the points that Alex had there. So uh, Alex, next one for you. Yeah. So my next one is another juicy one that I just absolutely love though. It's Hunter Renfro over three and a half catches. It was at minus 145 the last I checked before we came on together. Um, Renfro served as the security blanket for Derek Carr since he got drafted out of Clemson. He had a solid debut to the season, reeled in uh, six catches from his nine targets. Uh, He was second on the Raiders in targets behind Waller. Pittsburgh's defense loves to blitz. As a result, opposing quarterbacks are forced to get rid of the ball quickly. We saw week one with Josh Allen having to throw a ton, um, very shallow passes as well, very low. dot. the Steelers' front seven, was just in his grill all day. Um, Yeah, I think he had one completion over uh, over 20 yards despite tossing 51 pass attempts. Um, Cole Beasley ended up with 13 targets. Renfro and Beasley, excuse me, Beasley have similar A dots. Um, yeah, they kind of, you know, uh, work in a similar role in the offense. The Steelers defense was also really great last year covering opposing tight ends. I think they gave up the second fewest yards to the position. I expect a ton of defensive attention uh, to go towards Darren Waller. And yeah, I think, I think Renfro is going to benefit a lot. So I think he's a lock to catch at least four passes. Love it. I like the breakdown there too. Darren Waller, the best player John Gruden's ever coached. So, um, Connor, have you been working? You've been working on the Gruden, or what do you got, buddy? You got any uh, I haven't worked on the Gruden. I, I didn't retweet that that uh, clip for a reason. I, I was hoping that that would get edited out, but instead, Sal turned it into a a full on like bit and tweeted it out. And I was, I mean, slightly embarrassed. I actually rewatched it, and I think that it wasn't good, but it wasn't as bad as I remember. Like I was pretty horrified after, um, and so. Yeah, but I'll, I'll work on it. I'll, I'll get back to it. Work on um, it. <laughs> um, I, I do like that run for a bet, though. All right. Um, so for What's me, my, yeah, my last bet here, I took David Montgomery under two and a half receptions. Uh, if we kind of look at how last week turned out, um, last season we had, you know, Tariq Cohen go down, and then Montgomery basically soaked up all of the uh, pass-catching work uh, that Tariq Cohen left behind. Now this season, uh, Damian Williams, uh, you know, came over and – they both ran about the same amount of routes. There's like 20 routes each um, in, in the passing game. So, you know, essentially uh, Montgomery's went back to the role that he played when Cohen was healthy. And I don't think that's being talked about, talked about enough because he looked really good running the ball. And like, he was, he looks like a legit good player now, which, you know, I've always thought he was a good player, uh, you know, bowing and, and hat tipping, patting myself on the back there. But, um, you know, I, I think he has gotten better. He's gotten faster. I mean, that's like literally been tracked. Um, but in, in this specific instance, I just don't think the volume is going to be there. I mean, we haven't projected – for, uh, you know, a little bit less, we have projected for around two receptions. But I think that there's a good chance that he only sees two to three targets, has to catch all of them. Uh, and so in this, this specific game, I think that it's more than likely not, especially at plus money, which is what you're getting, uh, the under here is a good play. 
like it. My last one is uh, Javante Williams over 35 and a half rushing yards. I mean, we're already there. He is already outsnapping and outtouching Melvin Gordon. I know Melvin Gordon had the splash play last week with the big 80-yard touchdown run. But, uh, you know, he's not going away. But 35 and a half is not a high bar to to cross here against the Jags defense that was absolutely dominated by the likes of Mark Ingram last weekend. So um, I think that he can top 35 and a half on eight to 10 carries. We haven't projected for 14. So I feel pretty confident here in what I expect to be positive game scripts that they're going to want to control the ball late. They played really slow late and ran it um, when they got up. And I imagine they do the same here. So Javante over 35 and a half is a guy that I think projects more of uh, the the splash play guy anyway. I think he's more likely to get that big run. So um, I think he is a very safe bet at this number. Um, I like his over on his carries as well. That's got juiced up a little bit. So I'm I'm leaning on the the over on the yards because that's still pretty flat out there. So uh, Alex, take us home. Yeah, I absolutely love that play, by the way, Ryan. I think that's a great one. Uh, Confirmation bias. (laughs) <laughs> uh, my final play is C-Mac, Christian McCaffrey, over 44 and a half receiving yards. Um, C-Mac looked back to his 2019 dominant form, combining for nearly 200 rushing and receiving yards in week one. Uh, I think he finished with 89 receiving yards, hauled in nine of his targets for nine catches. He'll face a Saints defense who has completely shut, or excuse me, who completely shut down Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones in week one. They looked great. The Saints had some success. Saints have also had historical success com- uh, containing McCaffrey on the ground. Um, I think he's held him to a 3.1 career uh, yard per carry average over 193 totes and six games played. However, McCaffrey has done really well and done a lot of the damage through the air, having gone over this total in four of the six games uh, that he's faced New Orleans. He's averaged around 60 receiving yards per game versus the Saints. Uh, one of those games was in week 17 where only, when he played a handful of snaps. Um yeah, so I think the Saints defense is just really good, super legit. I think Sam Darnold's going to have to force, be forced to get rid of the ball quickly and lean on a security blanket, who just happens to be the best pass catching back in the NFL. Um, I think it also benefits McCaffrey that the Panthers don't really have a quality uh, short area target uh, tight end. Um, they don't really have a, a slot receiver who you know handles a lot of volume. So I think McCaffrey's just going to continue to run a lot of high percentage routes. And yeah, I think uh, it's, he's a great bet to go over 44 and a half receiving yards. I wrote up three props on the site today. Um, three that I did not talk about today. One of them, Christian McCaffrey over um, 44 receiving yards. I think he's an absolute great play. Um, I think he's 2019, obviously 2020 was a, a rough year we really don't count it he went over it like 70 like seven straight games two of those were against the saints i think that this number is like 15 to 20 yards too low um yeah, yeah we he, projected for like 56 57 something yeah, like that so yeah which even that is yeah feels low so absolutely absolutely love it alex so it could be a good points bet opportunity you can go back to the well oh, um yeah you know, a, little, a little more spicy than the daniel jones points bet but uh that works last night and maybe you just want to be aggressive because the uh the bankroll looks nice uh, all of a sudden over on, on points bet. So, um, But, again, take advantage of the win numbers. Um, see what win has out there uh, and download that app uh, using our promo code 444. So now we're going to move on to um, a little bit more of an interactive point. We did ask for some questions, and we appreciated those on Twitter earlier today. Um, you can follow the show, as you can see here in the corner, at Move the Line NFL, uh, or you can shoot any of us questions as well. 
Um, let's see what we got here. We had a couple questions. Uh, Hayden Hurst, uh, 22 and a half receiving yards uh, from uh, Adam Rickamp. Um, guys, any thoughts here? Connor, I'll start with you. Yeah, I guess I, for me, this one was is like right around our number. We have projected 23. Uh, he had four for 28 last week, but they were mostly dump offs. Like his average depth of target was uh, 2.5 yards. So they were basically just, it seemed like whenever they were in trouble, like Matt Ryan was just dumping it off. Uh, and you know, obviously he's the second uh, you know tight end option technically. But um, I think that for me, it's just a stay away. But, you know, if I had to lean, I would say lean over, I guess. Uh, but, you know, it's really like the margin is thin on that, I think. Yeah. Negative game script. I get why you would think that. Uh, Alex, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I agree with um, everything Connor said. Um, I, I know the Falcons ran a lot of 12 personnel last week, so he was on the field a good amount more than I anticipated him being. Um, he's likely to be on the field a bunch versus the Bucks. So, yeah, if I were to choose, I'd lean over as well. But I think the, the line's pretty fairly accurate. So not something I would go out of my way to play. But if I were to choose, I'd, I'd lean over. I've got one on uh, Big Mike Will as well, 58 and a half receiving yards um i know alex um tackled this one in the moment because he's you know just serving his people respect to connor do you have thoughts on on big mike will uh, obviously you know 54 and a half 55 is the total here we're expecting a you know a shootout here and mike will was was very much involved in, in kind of a different way last week too it wasn't just the deeper shots downfield he had a little bit more of a diverse um target tree uh, what do you think about 50 and a half yeah, I'll actually let, let Alex uh, you know tackle this one since he wrote, you know basically wrote it up and uh, demolished most of the value on it. But I think that, I mean, I, I think that it's like uh, you know, I mean, I think it's a good bet. Like I, I don't know, I, I still thought we have seventy yards projected back and forth game. Like you said, I'm, I'm kind of in on it. Maybe double, you know, think about it. So. Yeah, I think it's solid as well. I was personally just uh, hoping for a lower number, I think, mm-hmm. which is why I didn't end up jumping on it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was really curious what his number was going to open up uh, after week one. It was super promising performance versus the Redskins. Um, he had a huge target share. Uh, one thing I mentioned uh, when I responded on Twitter was that Austin Eckler did not receive a single target, which... Um, you know, probably. yeah, it's pretty freaky, obviously, considering, you know, his role in the offense and his target share, his historical target share. So I'm curious to see, um, you know, if Eckler's going to be more involved, but obviously it's a great matchup versus Dallas. Um, Mike Williams look great. You know, the Chargers need someone, a second wide receiver to step up in that offense. There's, there's a role for him there to be really productive. I'm expecting him to have a finally a breakout season. So, yeah, I like it. Uh, I would go over. Interesting. Well, that one point I want to make too is so I I would lean over. Um, I think it's interesting to look at how Dallas used Trayvon Diggs, who's really the only noteworthy cornerback in the secondary for for Dallas, and they locked him up on Mike uh, Mike Evans in Week One against Tampa. And he was basically the only one on the box that didn't do anything last week. You know, really Godwin went off, and uh, you know Antonio Brown went off. Even the tight ends got involved. So. Do they do that again? Is Trayvon Diggs that dude where he can, you know, do that? Um, and I think those are questions that are worth asking. Um, that would make me only a, li- a little hesitant. But again, like I'm more apt to believe that the Chargers don't have that deep of a of a tree to go to that Tampa had, and they'd have to force things a little bit more probably to Mike Will. And um, I'm also not necessarily a buyer just because Trayvon Diggs is the best corner on. The Cowboys doesn't necessarily mean that he is an elite corner that can shut down someone like Mike Williams. So I would lean over. It's not one that I would play. I, I kind of with Alex, I kind of want a, a little bit softer line before jumping into it. 
How about James Robinson? Um, Alex, to start with you here, we got a combined rushing receiving number at 60 and a half. Not really involved last week on the ground. He handled um, what they had to give as far as uh, passing game work. But again, um, he did not go to the uh, Ohio State University, so he was not super featured um, in carries. But what are your thoughts on 60 and a half? Yeah, I, I think it's okay. Um, I think I recall that Hyde got the um, primary, uh, primarily got most of his work in the last two series of the game. So I think in a, you know, negative game script or, you know, one where they're not, um, one where they're not, uh, excuse me. Yeah. I think in a, in a different game script, he could uh, play more. I, I still think it's his backfield. I still think that he's going to get um, more touches than Hyde ultimately. So yeah, I, I'm staying away, but if I were to choose again, I, I would probably lean over here, but yeah, I still want to, you know, kind of see how the backfield unravels this week. I agree. Any thoughts there, Connor? Yeah, I think he's a good long-term play. But for me in this one, I, I mean, the, we actually haven't projected under for the rushing yards and over for the receiving yards, I think, technically. But it's very marginally on both. Uh, so that's I think the number is about right. Um, you know, I, I think he's the better talent. But unfortunately, you know, I don't think that we can assume rational coaching, especially after we saw in week one from the Jaguars, because that was brutal. Uh, so, yeah, for me, it's a stay away until I think we have a little bit more definitive uh, – you know, definition of, of his role and I guess just the offense as a whole, because I have no idea what to expect, especially against the Denver defense, which has uh, looked, you know, stellar uh, last week. I think they're legit, legit. So yeah, I mean, uh, that same Giants team just went out and put up 29 on, on the Washington football team, which is supposed to have a good defense. So yeah. Um, then no offense. Uh, it was our last Twitter question, uh, 45 and a half receiving yards. You guys have any thoughts on that one? I'll start with you, Alex. Yeah, I like this uh, quite a bit. Um, Again, Judy played for most of the game, so we didn't get to see um, a, whole, a very clear picture on what it's going to look like without Judy. There's a lot of options there. Um, you obviously got KJ Hamler, um, Cortland Sutland. I think only had one target or one catch in the game, so I could see his role expanding. Um, he might be still recovering from the ACL, but yeah, I, I thought Fant looked really good. He looked healthy. You know, he was dealing with a troublesome ankle all last year. Um, yeah, he looked finally healthy. Um, yeah, I think I, I like this a, a decent amount. I would lean over here. I think it's right around where it should be. But, yeah, I, I like it. Again, with Judy out, there could be uh, a little bit more meat on the bone for the rest of the Broncos pass catchers. Connor, do you have any thoughts on Fant? Uh, not too much. I think that the, the line is about right. We have five for 52 projected. So, I mean, again, I, I lean over, and I think, but I do think that the line is you know about right. So I'm not probably not rushing to take it here. Yeah, let's take one more from the chat before we go. Uh, Dalton, Kate's Dalton, good questions. Uh, we are smashing um, Nico Collins overs, technically. Um, we have – uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we have – well, it's, it's juiced up. Three and a half is our projection on his receptions. Um, it's minus 149 over at William Hill. And we have him at uh, just a shade under 40 receiving yards. And the number there is uh, 19 and a half. So, like, those are – massive bright green values in our player prop tool so yeah i don't know i'm just like but he only saw like three targets and you know like i don't know maybe i think that i think that maybe there's just a lot less definition to the role behind cooks roles you know and so that you know whatever was slotted in for the projections you know i think it's a little bit more fluid in terms of who that guy is so sure um i think with the the juice i mean i probably lean over still i I think it's still a good bet but um, I think some of these ancillary guys, we got to be careful about with, with the projections. So 
I do like the tool and I do think that, that, you know, it's right, but um, I'm a little bit cautious of it. This is what happens sometimes. You, you know, you got to check the tool and make sure you don't go jumping headfirst into uh little Jordan Humphreys uh, numbers early in the week. Like I almost did. I was like, wait a second, this does not make sense. Uh, reached out to find out that there's uh, something off with the tool and the numbers and, Felt better about not firing blindly into it. But at this point, the Nico Collins number feels it's correct as far as the projection goes. It doesn't mean that that's what he's going to do, but our, our number is actually correct. So speaking of the tool, we are going to take a look at it. Uh, Sal is going to bring up a, a prop bet that he was interested in and wanted to get our take in. Also gives you, if you're watching live, a sense of what the tool is, what it looks like, and how you can utilize it. So um, let's see what the uh, player prop tool bet of the week is here. What you got for us today, Sal? Oh, that's hilarious. I didn't know you were doing that. That was epic. <laughs> Absolutely love it. CPAT. Oh, C- man. CPAT over 10.5 receiving yards. Uh, this is minus 110 on DraftKings. Our projection comfortably over um, basically doubled. We have him projected for uh, just a shade under 21 yards. Um, I mean, he, he was kind of the next guy in the backfield last week uh, for the Falcons. We again know that they will be in negative game script as they are likely to get absolutely curb stomped by the Buccaneers. Um, Connor, initial thoughts, CPAT uh, receiving yards. I mean, I guess it's a little bit short. Um you're, you're throwing me off here. This is this is a hilarious one. I mean, he saw two targets last week, uh, went two for 13. Like you said, I mean, he was used more than I thought. He played 33% of the snaps. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I guess that's good. Um, and I think that he he looks about the same as Mike Davis, you know, in terms of, like, skill-wise. So I think that, that that situation at this point is probably pretty fluid. So, yeah, I mean, negative game script, I can get on board with it. Alex, what are your reactions here? Yeah, I think it looks solid. Um I'm personally fading uh, Mike Davis rush attempts this week. Um, I thought Patterson ran the ball more effectively um, than Mike Davis did. I would also say, you know, when you're playing Tampa Bay, not only obviously we all know they they just totally clamp and shut down the run, but teams don't even run a lot against them. Like they could come in with a game plan where you just don't see a lot of rushing attempts. So, yeah, I could see um, Patterson getting some work in the passing game. And, yeah, I think this is solid. Yeah, these are the ones that are so dicey where like our over under percentage is like just through the roof. But because we're dealing with such a low number, it's really hard to not uh, not be caught off guard because this can, you know, you can literally catch volatility. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So this is uh, this is an interesting one. I don't hate it. I would like to see some of how we've kind of taken that spot on we, whether it was an Eagle Collins pick a couple minutes ago or um, you know, some of the other ones. We kind of want to see how with the Texans backfield. We want to see how these things kind of emerge a little bit before taking super hard stances. So this is one of those for me where I want to see a little bit is, is CBAT the clear guy behind Davis? Um, they start to use him in more of a clearly defined role. Um, otherwise, um, Sal, he cashed last week. Uh, he was on Matt Ryan under passing yards. Uh, that was the bet of the week here in the tool and um, cash comfortably as they wave the white flag in the fourth quarter and just, uh, you know, handed the ball off over and over again and went home uh, with, a, with a big L. So we'll see if uh, Sal and the tool can go 2-0 this week. So good stuff, fellas. Uh, that wraps us up. So for Connor and Alex, I'm Ryan. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll be here on Wednesday to do it all again for week three. And thanks for listening. And thanks for listening. <laughs>